The following podcast may contain inappropriate language, sexual content, and spoilers. Listener discretion is advised. Gonza.moe, no name anime show. Maybe it sounds different. I don't know. I had a nervous breakdown and tore my podcast studio apart last night, and now I'm just using a simple Scarlet preamp. Oh, I thought that was the new anime title. Oh my gosh, I had a nervous breakdown, and now my podcast studio has been torn down. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, it's based on a light novel. I've been isekai'd. I'm JP. And I'm too old for this shit. Turn in your badge and gun. If you want more podcasts, figure it out yourself. Uh, I'm joined by Noel and Kyle. How are you doing, Kyle? Oh, man. I am just... There's been a lot of anime in my life. So I'm happy that we're near the end of the season. Yeah, you watched a lot this season. You watched more anime than I probably do in a year. I this I haven't watched this much of the current season in years, so uh, I'm really putting in the time here, folks. What uh, What about you, Noel? How are you doing? Hey, what's going on? I definitely sound different because I blew out my voice uh, at a wrestling show last night. It was it was pretty great. Uh, I can't talk, but hey, on the bright side, uh, Masha Slamovich is the new GCW World Champion, and El Gringo Loco defeated Bandito. It was it was a wonderful <laughs> night for all. El Gringo Loco and Bandito are these Street Fighter characters? Jesus, no, they're they're wrestlers, but they look like Street Fighter characters. That is very funny. Yeah, I have important news. My my partner has started watching Grappler Baki of her there own accord. I got real stoned one night and said, I want to show you Baki. And then she said, can we watch more Baki the next day on her own? <laughs> That's a it's keeper. great. We're was, it, was it OG in? Baki or like the Netflix Baki? It's the the uh, Funimation one. Oh, okay. So like sort like OG, but not OG OG. Because there's that oh. OVA that came right, out first. Right, right. Yes. There's the OVA where he drinks flat soda and then fights the cord cutter. Yes, which also happens in season two, I think, of this Baki. Hmm. Uh, she did misremember the Yasha ape as Yashihime, but as we know <laughs> on this podcast, that's still the right answer. Uh, all Yashas are accepted here. All Yashas are accepted, yes. Uh, so where is this podcast? I said figure it out, but it turns out that some of you don't know how to do that, and uh, it's at gonzo.moe. So that's how you do it. I don't know how you got here otherwise. Uh, we're also on Spotify. We're on Google Podcasts. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Stitcher. We're on my mom's iPhone. Today's my mom's birthday, and she said she listens to my anime podcast. Aww. So happy birthday, mom. Has it helped her discovering a new anime? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> she used to watch adult swim stuff when i was in high school 
Uh, I know she watched some Attack on Titan. She is watching the Junji Ito thing on Netflix. Okay. I For a second, I thought you were going to say she used to listen to Whiskey Thursday. She did. Okay. She also listened to Dead Rat Pizza. She's listened to a little bit of everything. So Gotcha. It's terrifying. Uh, what do we got this week? Uh, there were some shenanigans on Twitter. Uh, there was the You're not usual- just saying that because yesterday was... Uh- St. Patrick's Day, are you? Is shenanigans an Irish word? Yeah. Well, uh, I, let's put it, it this way. My family new. made a big Irish dinner of corned beef and cabbage, uh, which I could not partake of, of course. But uh, And they had a big sign with like green shamrocks on it that they hung on the wall that said shenanigans. So I'm just going to go off on a limb here and say yes. Well, bananagrams... Is also what's happening. Uh, the old manga versus comics debate. Uh, but uh, tale as old as time. This is at least a little bit, uh, what do you call it, based in reality? Because we were getting pictures of bookstores and their displays of manga and comics. And at least for me... They've kind of always looked like that because what what they were sharing was like a giant aisle full of manga and then like a single sad shelf. It was like that was a whole like back wall, like a big wall. It's like literally the the wall is manga and then like a maybe like a tenth of it is is like it was like a single rack Western (laughs) comics. If you wanna, yeah. So. At least every bookstore I've ever gone to, that's what it's looked like as long as I've been into anime and manga. So right. I don't know if just wherever these people are shopping used to be different. But even when I was in high school, the graphic novel selection was not very impressive. And and I mean, like looking at this, this is an impressive graphic novel collection. The thing is that like the the format of like comic book trades and like Tonko bonds is very different. Like Tonko bonds are usually just bigger. So mm-hmm. they're going to take up more shelf space. Yeah. Well, I think it's even notable if you look at the titles that make up, I mean, a lot of the titles in the graphic novel side are the same titles that have been there for 20 years, right? You have your watch. Oh yeah, definitely. You, have like, your yeah, kind of, you know, but like, that's because I think most comics that are released aren't made for that format, right? Like the stuff that can be collected into a single bound volume is stuff that is, that's, that's very rare in my, you know, like you find, right. I mean, there's like, well, and it's also like weighted, I think to certain kinds of comics. It, yeah. It very much is that like, I feel like the, the real problem when you get into this uh, debate of manga versus Western comics is that when people say Western comics, they don't literally mean the medium of comics specifically in the West. They're really just talking about like two publishers and that's about it. And we all know which two publishers they're talking about. They're talking about Marvel and talking about DC. Yeah. Like they, they're not putting any thought into Stuff that, I don't know, like Oni Press is putting out. If Oni Press is still a thing, they're not talking about Image or IDW. If they are talking about Image, they're talking about like Invincible and Right, it's all superhero stuff. They're not talking about Fontographics. They're not talking about any of the other like actual indie groups. And of course, like I've gone to the 
uh, in DC, they are, or I guess in the DMV area, they have the small press expo every year, mm. which um, is where a lot of these indie comic people come. And I mean, that is a room I've never seen that many comics, right? Like anywhere else in my life. Right. Well, as somebody that knows very little about that world, what I wonder is, is like a, a tangible, tangible book, the preferred way to read that kind of stuff, because I mean, like we know that manga fans generally prefer an actual book, but do comic fans prefer reading it on their phone or do they prefer the single issues? I don't know if those are still made. I would like, I've seen people who prefer trades and I've seen other people who like having single issues. Uh, I know, I know a lot of people who like, you know, reading on, on their phone and stuff like that. But the problem with that is that comicsology, which is kind of the only place to get that yeah, has shut kind down, of like they? shit its pants repeatedly. Does, is there so, not like some kind of DC or Marvel app where they have I'm, their own stuff? There is. But once again, like if you're trying to read something other than that, you're kind of just, you're right. kind of shit out of luck. And it, it does not help that, one of the places where you can really find stuff like that, which is where you're supposed to be able to find stuff like that outside of the Marvel and DC bubble, which is like your local comic book shops do not give a shit one way or the other. They are trying to stock Marvel and they're trying to stock DC and then everything else. They just kind of like buff flush out to the corner. Well, that's another point that's not to, <laughs> I don't know. It, it's, wasn't my point to like defend one or the other, but the thing is that you got to also think about who's shopping where mm. manga fans know that they can go to Barnes and Noble or know that they can go to Kinokuniya or wherever right. to buy manga. That's where it's always been because mm. we got kicked out of the comic book stores because of like nineties nerd, you know, gatekeeping nonsense. I mean, that's still go. going on, unfortunately. And yes, like, that was comic fans know to go to comic stores right that was something like when this uh conversation was coming up a couple of years back a lot of people were citing like local comic book shops keep closing down and they were blaming that on the prevalence of manga and they're blaming that on you know obviously like the the woke the quote-unquote wokeness of western comics and once again, like I brought up the fact, like I remember being like a kid, being a teenager, trying to go to local comic book shops to like find manga and they did not stock it because it was like run by a bunch of 40 year old nerd assholes who just like, who read Batman for most of their lives. And were just like, I'm not stocking these Chinese books in my store. Get out of here. And you know. Yeah, I feel lucky by comparison. I had a, I discovered uh, I had a local comic book place that was in my mall, and for some reason they had like tons of J-pop soundtracks and like a mm. weird, like a surprising collection of manga. Considering that it was like a fantasy and comic book shop first and foremost, mm. but I definitely Converse, feel like that's unusual. Conversely, like I will say, the most successful uh, local comic book shop in my area has like a very like well-stocked manga section. But the thing is like, it's all just the same stuff for the last 10 years. Yeah. 
Like, like it's surprising. You'll still find like the original like Tokyo Pop Great Teacher Onizuka in there. Oh my god. That's- yeah, yeah, I'm not joking. Comic book stores can be fun for that because they <laughs> they bought a bunch of manga in the early 2000s right. and it never sold. Yeah. So like a few years ago, I was doing a movie where we shot at a comic book store and they had offered like brand new copies of offered. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's Did you it's take interesting. Them up on it? No, I already have offered. So. <laughs> I already have offered. But uh oh, what was I gonna say? I I keep losing my thought. Um oh, just like the, the how popular Kinokuniya is. That's a Japanese bookstore in New York. It's awesome. That place is packed nonstop. You know, like the the comic book stores really pushed out a lot of potential revenue uh, by ostracizing us. Yeah, so by not ago. getting with the times, you know, and it's it's like a double edged thing because it was like you you kicked out, you kind of like uh, got rid, you kind of made sure that like you didn't have this like reoccurring manga fan base coming to your shop, but at the same time they doubled down on a lot of the DC and Marvel stuff because they saw like that coming to prominence because of movies and TV shows and things like that. But funny enough, turns out most of those people who watch those shows and those movies don't give a shit about the comics. Yep, that success does not so, translate. Like, yeah, like nowadays someone says they're a Marvel or DC fan. That does not necessarily mean that they read comics in any capacity. That is a really fascinating thing to me because uh, like Chainsaw Man, for example, mm-hmm. Chainsaw Man anime comes out. It made me want to read more uh, Fujimoto. So right. I bought all of Fire Punch. I bought all of his short stories. But, you know, when I watched The Dark Knight, I didn't watch any Batman or buy any Batman. Well, I think part of that is because so much of an anime franchise's identity is an anime franchise that's based off of manga so much of its identity is tied up in that original creator. Whereas when it comes to your big time corporate comics, they're, they're really just like franchises. Like a lot of people know Batman, not a whole lot of people know Bill Finger, you know? Yeah. Well, that is like the, the joke is, you know, if you like Dragon Ball, where do you start? Volume one. If you like Batman, where do you start? I don't know. Which, once again, that's another big misconception that was created by 40-year-old dickheads back in the 90s is, in reality, if someone were to come to you and say, like, hey, I want to start reading Batman, where do I start? I would just be like, just go to a comic book shop and pick up whichever issue of Batman is on the shelf. You see, I feel because a little bit differently realist- about this, because I actually think that that pick is interesting in a way, because a lot of the books that do tend to end up in those, you know, like the anthology collections, right? Like the nice softbound right. or hardbound and that we see on that shelf in that picture are the ones which are more or less like standalone, right? I mean, mm-hmm. like a lot of the, like, for example, you don't see a lot of Marvel titles on that thing because a lot of Marvel stuff is really like, you know, like comic focused in terms of like, oh, go to this issue of this other one that are very like issue focused are not necessarily trying to do like a DC Elseworld thing of like a one-off of oh what would batman be like if he was in jack the ripper's time right (laughs) 
Like you don't right. need to know any Batman to jump into an Elseworld Batman or a Superman right. or, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. so I think that like the ones that are there are actually a good thing for anybody to come in and pick up. Okay. Like what I, what I'm trying to say with this is that we've, we've developed this kind of uh notion that because a lot of superhero comics uh, are characters that have existed for around like five to six decades that they're impenetrable for new readers when in reality, like they are written in such a way that you can just like pick a random book up and start from that. And that's like the, the truth that a lot of like, like a uh, big corporate comic book guys don't want you to know for some weird reason. So I have a question that you may not know the answer to. If I did want to start with Batman from the very beginning, is that something that I can easily just go pick up? I mean, yes. Like there is, I'm sure there is like a thing that's like Batman, the master works collection, which is like, which is going to have like a, the original like detective comics issue. Right. It's going to have the original like, but- golden age Batman. Yeah, but my thing with that is like reading quote unquote Batman from the beginning, I feel like is like whatever, just cause that Batman that you're going to see in that original story where he first showed up, that's not the Batman that exists today. That's like true. that Batman like shoots a guy in the face and murders a guy by like, hanging him from a noose from his bat plane. I guess that's also a big difference, at least my experience with manga and anime, uh, in my experience with manga and anime. Like, if I want to read Fist of the North Star, I can just go buy volume one, and it is still the Fist of the North Star that's being made. And Hmm. I don't know if that's... I think there's pros and cons. Like, they're they're not having a different person rewrite Kenshiro's story every couple of years like kind of they're making different movies right but they're generally the same story but it is funny right because I think it is analogous to like how the movies have done it right which is like oh like how many different Batman have we had right each one of them from a different director a different tone a different you know XXYY right yeah and it is that is very much like the comic so you think that that success would translate because people go like oh i like the character i like quote you know batman trademark let me go see what batman is like in somewhere else i think maybe the disconnect is like so mugen train mugen train was a big anime that just came out if i want to see where mugen train came from i can just go buy i don't know i'm just gonna make up volumes 12 through 15 whatever i don't know if that's what they are right Whereas if I want to see the comic that, you know, the latest Avengers movie is based on, they may be handpicking from like dozens of, you know, chapters over decades. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so it's I a little that's... harder to read the source material for that movie that I like. All right. So you're saying it's a problem of uh, both accessibility like and like, and also flavor is what you're trying to say. Right. And I mean, like, it's definitely when it comes to like the Marvel movies, it's definitely not going to be a one-to-one like it is with, uh, those volumes of Demon Slayer uh, next to Mugen Train. Yeah. Yeah, one's not necessarily better than the other. I obviously, we know where my loyalty is, but that's just because right. I'm a dork and I've tried to get into comics and graphic novels and it just, it didn't do it for me. It doesn't mean mm. that they're better or worse. Um, right. I read the and- kick-ass uh, graphic novel after seeing the movie. That was fine. It didn't 
Make me want to read more Kick-Ass, though. It certainly did. <laughs> the movie's way different from the comic. It's a yeah. very mean comic book. Yeah, the the comic book is, like, extremely mean-spirited. Like, and it's like, the the movie kind of is trying to, like, talk about something that's way more... I don't want to say noble. I feel like is more... It's more trying to say something than the comic, whereas the comic is just like, hey, what if superheroes said fuck? Yeah. Uh, the movie is is like, hey, why don't we, you know, help what, each other out? What if Deco really didn't have a quirk? Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I will say that uh, I think my experience with like superhero comics is why I'm so lenient when it comes to, say, Trigun Stampede. Oh, yeah, I'm that's just like, hey. There we go. It's just, it's just. Uh, hey, what if a different director looked at Vash? Yeah. Uh, so there was a. This convention may have already happened because uh, you said that this was from February. I think. Yes. Uh, you found this convention that had a rule about cosplay, like you could only cosplay manga characters. It's it's specifically anime characters, anime or manga. So the name of the con is Neo Anime Oasis. It's an interesting rule. It's it's very early two thousands podcaster. Because if you go far back enough, Anime World Order was talking about how this is their ideal con. Right. Yes. Yes. I know. I've heard like Daryl and. And Gerald talk about that. I've grown past that enough where I do not care because people cosplaying one character or another or nothing does not really change my con experience. I guess if there was no cosplay, that might change my experience. I mean, I understand what they're they're getting towards because they're I think like what they what they originally envisioned is that they're scared that the anime con will kind of become what comic book conventions have sort of become where they're not so much about comics. They're more about just like trade shows for movie companies. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And this is like a step towards, towards pushing back against that. Uh, I have, I have like looked at this whole thing and they could have found a better way to word that. They could have said like, hey, this is strictly a convention. This is strictly an anime convention. It's not like a a general, like, what's the word that people use nowadays? Media con? Yeah. Which I'm just... Well, I don't um, know how you enforce that. So like if Master right. Chief shows up, do you tell him to fuck off? Yes. Tell Master Chief to fuck off. Um, I guess as somebody that has now hosted two conventions and is preparing to host a third one, granted an online convention, what determines the vibe of your con is the events that you hold at your con, not necessarily the attendees. Now, obviously, you can't have a con without your attendees, but if everybody shows up dressed as, I don't know, people from The Last of Us, that's fine because <laughs> I'm still hosting anime themed programming. Hmm. You know, if all of your panels are about anime and you have a maid cafe and a anime 
dealer's room, you're having an anime convention. Now, if you as an organizer start to be like, well, if we just have one or two video game panels, I guess that's okay. Well, I guess if we let the steampunk people in the dealer's room, then that's like that's when you start to turn into a a catch-all convention. Right. Now, obviously, you know, some of the bigger conventions still are able to have a 90% anime thing with letting the steampunk people in and whatever. I'm not singling those people out. That's just the first things that came to my mind. Uh, but that more than anything is what's going to change the vibe of your con. If you start having your, I don't know, I, I'm, I'm still half asleep. Your American video game panels, your, I don't know, podcast sound design panels. Right. It's not like they're going to have <laughs> yeah. a revolt. You know, the people go like, hey, we're all video game people. Let's let's take over this room and throw them out. Like, yeah, that's not going to happen. <laughs> it's it's like the, the the reason that we had a bunch of my little pony panels you know 10 years ago is because those kept getting approved mm. like they still get submitted sometimes you just say no sorry this is an anime convention but you know they wanted money they wanted attendees so they accepted right. things that would get them more stuff of course um so you're saying like the focus should be more on curating what your your programming is not so much curating like what your guests can do. Yeah. Or, or find, find a way to encourage them to not cosplay that in a more fun way. Like right. have, uh, I don't know, more anime based cosplay events. Like, Hey, best anime character gets a free badge. Or, I or don't you know. could try to, you know, I don't know, like even approve panels that try to bridge the gap, right? Like, oh, if, I don't know, like anime for Street Fighter fans. You know, like, I think yeah. there are ways you could still keep it anime while engaging. Well, and I would I would argue that a Japanese video game has its place at an anime convention unless you want to do a no video games across the board. I mean, I think Otakon I is a Japanese culture uh, you know, con for that reason right because there is a yeah, lot of overlap yeah. at least an interest i would say in the in terms of video games i would only uh approve that if it was like games that have some form of like anime tie-in like your near automatas or if it's like a game based on an anime series like if we're talking about your your dragon ball games and what have you yeah that's fair but uh yeah i don't know the they, they, their heart was in the right place, but a yeah, like I said, this could have been worded and handled a bit more differently, and people wouldn't have like batted an eye at it. It's also, I think, it's their last con. Uh, I, I was reading a little bit about it, and it they said that the hotel that they're having trouble finding another hotel hmm. because hotels just aren't interested in having conventions anymore. And I don't know if that's true really? across the board or if that's just true where they're located or maybe they just didn't have the money. Uh, like it's possible that hotels are just charging more now in a post COVID right. world. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I know that uh, on the West coast, West coast, the East coast, all the conventions I'm going to are in convention centers. So I don't know what the state of hotel cons are these days. But uh, I do know the state of us reviewing some stuff. Uh, 
What did I say, Noel? First, I think. Yeah, that's not right. You so. watching Attack on Titan? Yes. So, uh, yeah, you may- I am. I'm over here going, "Hey, how about I watch an anime that's been around for like the last ten years?" How deep are you? Are you like watching I- old Attack on Titan, or are you like on part one, part two, the sequel? No, I'm not. I'm not quite there yet. I am. I am just starting the quote unquote final season. Uh, but yeah, the, so I've I watched the first season of Attack on Titan while it was airing, and then I just kind of I just kind of said, "All right, cool, whatever." I didn't really explore any deeper into the franchise. I didn't. Uh, I didn't read the manga because I, quite frankly, I'm not a fan of the art style. Uh, yeah, I, which I want to just say, like, I just recognize that it's not, it's not for me when it comes to the art style of the manga. I, I want to be really clear about that. I'm not trying to say that, uh, Isayama is like bad at art or anything like that, just cause I've seen over the years, he's gotten a lot of flack for like different shit. And I don't want to like come down on him in, in any respect, just cause of like how much, shit people gave him for the ending and that whole thing at anime nyc where he like publicly apologized to a room full of nerds that made me very furious oh I yeah feel i forgot like, about yeah, that yeah i feel like if you're an anime fan and you like participate in that bullshit i hate you uh so uh seriously treat mag got better this is getting really annoying but Back on Attack on Titan. So I've primarily been like engaging with it through the anime and what like sparked me to go, let me finally sit down and binge through the show is for years I've seen like clips of later seasons. And it was recently with like this final season that I'm looking at clips of it and I'm just like, this looks so much different from that show that I watched back in like 2010 or 11. Well, it's changed studios a few times, hasn't it? Yeah. But not even just that. It, it just feels like a completely different show. And I wanted to be like, how did it go from like this, this like fantasy about, I don't know, giant zombies to like this, this intense political drama that I'm seeing now. And so, yeah, so that's what uh, urged me to go back and, like, start from season two and get to where I am today. And I got to say, I I totally understand it. I understand why it's it became, like, this internationally popular anime series that, I'll be honest, I feel like so... So when it comes to like the really popular anime out there and you can agree with me or not on this, I feel like things kind of come in waves and then things sort of take over from where other stuff left off. So in the nineties and the early two thousands, it was like Dragon Ball was very popular. Mm -hmm. And then that uh, role was taken over by Naruto and then that was uh, from like the 2000s up until the 2010s. And now we're looking at Demon Slayer kind of took that over. Mm-hmm. 
my hero for a bit and then Demon Slayer. And now it's sort of shifting back to my hero in a, in a bit of a way. All right. Whereas in a different uh, lane from that, I feel like uh, Full Metal was very popular. Full Metal was very popular among people who like did not consider themselves anime fans, but they would still like check that out. And then that's where I feel like Attack on Titan is now. Okay. It's like it's like a a non anime fans like like favorite anime. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I I could agree with that. Right. But yeah, so I've I started season two, and season two is season two is interesting. I feel like it's definitely the weakest of the three, and it's also like it's also extremely short. It's like twelve episodes. And I've I've gone on the show like numerous times and talked about how like the twelve to thirteen episode format is not something I'm on board with. Uh, I I I it depends on the show for me, right? But uh, yeah, I could agree in in a case like Attack on Titan or like Doctor Stone mm. or Chainsaw Man, like having a thirteen episode season is is really kind of a bummer. Right. And just because, like, the second season, so much of it is, like, setting up stuff. Not so much, like, uh, getting payoff for things that happened. It's more about just, like, setting up, like, oh, uh, turns out these guys are really titans. And turns out there's some stuff going on beyond the wall. But what's happening? I don't know. We'll find out sometime. <laughs> and the, Yeah. Yeah, that's what a lot of season two really feels like. Yeah, I, I've only seen the first, uh, what is it, 25, 26 episodes? Okay, so you have only seen, like, the first season? Yeah. Okay, yeah, so you're, you're kind of, like, in the same spot that I was when I first started this journey, if you will, through Attack on Titan. But yeah, season two just, season two really just kind of comes and goes, and then three, I feel, is when things, like, really hit a stride, because like I said, it takes this really interesting shift where it becomes less about like, oh man, we got to save ourselves from Titans getting into the walls and eating us in hilarious fashions. And it becomes more about this, this like government conspiracy going on within this society and the walls involving like, fake kings and it turns out that like the walls are made of titans oh my god and it's like yeah and it's apparently like this whole thing where a hundred years ago like the original king like just boxed everybody into this wall and then erased their memories so it turns out they're not the last humans that exist. There's actually a whole wide world out there of people who have pretty much never really seen Titans. Oh God. Are the Titans trying to free them? No. So I guess they do eat them. So probably not. They, yeah. So yeah. So it turns out that there's like this whole wide world out there, but from the outside world's perspective, everybody who lives within these walls is like 
are part of this race of people called Eldians. And apparently, like, thousands of years ago, Eldians were just, like, giant titans who just roamed the countryside and ate people and enslaved them and friggin' destroyed their cultures. And because of that, now they all sort of retreated to this island and live in solitude. And the few remaining that live, like, out in the real world are, like, persecuted and live in basically internment camps. Yeah, I, I heard that there was some Holocaust imagery later on in the series. Yes, so it's like it's extremely like one to one, like of uh, not so much Holocaust as much as just like internment and like because the people who the Eldians who like live outside in like the outside world. They're they're very much treated as like what was the word? They live in like uh like racial ghettos, mm-hmm. like gated in cities and stuff. And they have their like armbands to signify their their racial status. Which I mean, that sounds kind of like the Holocaust to me. Oh yeah, no, <laughs> like the the imagery is very like I said, the imagery is very one to one. It even like looks like sort of like a 1930s uh like european setting almost and i can definitely see how that can make a lot of people uncomfortable yeah so yeah but yeah yeah i'm not going to like try and act like that's not what's going on here cuz it very much is and I feel like that was a deliberate choice to make you like feel like this whole thing here is uncomfortable. What's happening to these people? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And so where I am now, it's become this where like everyone knows the truth. Like the the people who live in this walled city, they they know that there's an outside world now. And they're sort of going to war now with this other country uh, known as Marley, which is what's located like just off the coast from where they live. Mainly because their, their government has been like trying to infiltrate the walls to sort of uh, disrupt their government and take this ability that like the Royal family over there has that allows them to pretty much like wake up the Titans that are in the wall and get them to literally just like walk all over the earth mm-hmm. and pretty much flatten it. And yeah, that's, that's kind of where I am right now. So are you enjoying the series? I would say I'm, yeah, I really am enjoying it right now. Like, I'm surprised how much I got through in just two weeks. Yeah, it's a pretty long, it's like a hundred plus episodes now, isn't it? Is it? I think, I think it's just under like 78. Oh, well, I, I don't know. I know I mean, in this day and age, that's really time. long. Right. Because there's what, four or five seasons and like three or four movies. 
Right. The movies are more like compilation movies. I looked into that as well. I was like, am I going to have to watch movies too? But yeah, <laughs> not either. And yeah, I, yeah, I am liking it. It's, uh, it's really funny because like, I feel like Attack on Titan was like the first of these, of these shows that like really sells itself with like consistent Sakuga. Yeah. So like, yeah, because we have like your, nowadays we have like your Demon Slayers and your Jujutsu Kaisens and all those where it's just like, the main selling point is people like posting fight clips on Twitter and going like, oh man, look at all the animation. And then Demon Slayer's case, it's more just like, hey, look at all these sparks. (laughs) You know, but yeah, like I feel like Attack on Titan was one of the first ones to do it, where it's just like, hey, look at all this really dynamic, like, action animation. Isn't that cool? Now come watch this show about racism and and racial cleansing. It's very fun. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And right. one thing it made me remember is that Hiroyuki Suwano makes like really good soundtracks for shows, which I had forgotten about because he was very oversaturated. If you remember in the late two thousands and early 2010s. What are, what are some other shows that I would know them from? Uh, Gundam unicorn. I know he did the soundtrack for Sengoku Basara, like a number of other things, but yeah, he was just kind of all over the place. And it got to a point where, like, you were just like, all right, whatever, because a lot of his soundtracks sound very similar. I mean, you know, people get a style. That's something I can, you can't hold that against a person. Right. No, yeah, I'm not really holding it against it. It's just like so many of these shows, the soundtrack sounds exactly the same, and they're so different from one another. Right. Like a, more of like a but Hans yeah. Zimmer than a John Williams. Right. But then I came back and I was just like, yeah, no, these, these songs actually kind of slap. I had, I had forgotten about that. Well, uh, where this is all in Crunchyroll, isn't it? Yeah. Everything's on Crunchyroll. It, it, it's literally just everywhere. Like you can watch Attack on Titan on Netflix, on Hulu, on your Crunchyrolls and shit. You can probably even watch it on YouTube. They're, like I said, because of its like, incredible popularity they have spared no expense to make it as available as possible which i really like about that uh so kyle you've been watching a lot of anime yeah so uh began with 16 at the start of the season and i reduced it down to nine after going through all those first episodes um and out of those nine I just gotta, I'm just going to go on the ones I hate, everybody. I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, these four series, irredeemable. There's still a couple weeks left in the season. Or, yeah, I mean, talking about what you hate, that's that gets you the clicks, right? I mean, that's, I'm just, I'm really YouTube mad, YouTube has though. taught me that gets you the clicks. I, I'm sorry. I, I can't help it. Because here's the thing. All of these, I watched episode one of all of these series, and I reduced it down to the nine. So all of them had at least some hook. Or, you know, a great episode or, you know, something that kept me interested. And now we're sitting at, you know, week 10, week 11 for some of these. And, oh, boy. 
what a disaster. Um, <laughs> so some of them were, were kind of like middling to eh to begin with. So like high card, for example. I'm sorry if people like high card, but you have to look at yourself in the mirror and go, oh my God. what is there? Okay, so the series. So I've seen clips of high card and from what I saw, it looked pretty dope. So yeah. No, it like- is exceedingly poorly animated. Like really? some of the worst animation I've seen in, in an action series. Cause it is first and foremost, uh, I guess the premise is that people get playing cards and when you use a playing card, uh, you get special gloves that give you a magic ability and they scale up according to your number. So our main character is like a newbie who found a card. He didn't even know that it gave you powers, but he finds out it his power. Get this. It gives him a gun. Cool. Not oh, a special that- gun. It just it's a gun that is just a gun, except that he can use his other glove to conjure up bullets, which he has to put in manually into the magic gun. That's his power, because he has like a two of clubs. He has like the lowest rated card. <laughs> Give me strength. Now um, I should now I want to clarify, you you mentioned cards. Like this isn't like a card battle show, right? No, this is like pl- imagine like cards of a playing deck. Okay. So he has the two of clubs, and it's like supposed to be this thing, like, oh, he kind of finds out like three episodes in, like, oh, that's the weakest card. You basically suck. Everyone else is a better card than you. Uh, you know, like take that, right? You don't measure up in the dick contest. Um <laughs> Wait, is the gun is the weakest thing? Yeah, because no, other people, like, one guy has a card that's, like, the five of something, and he can just regenerate. Like, if he gets killed, he just comes back, and he goes, oh, I have a fat, like, it, my metabolism's really fast. But it's not <laughs> like you see him eating. Goodness. Like, it's, like, this, it's literally the stupidest show, because Genetic the action is so gun. poor, and it really wants to be, it wants to, uh, what's that show with, uh, it, it's, like, the, it's that British show where it's kind of like James Bond, but they're, it's more, like, Young, it's like the Hensman or something. <laughs> oh, Kingsman. Yeah, it like really wants to be the Kingsman, um, and like a little bit of James Bond, but it's just like a really stupid anime, like exceedingly so to the point that episode ten or eleven just happened, like I guess a couple days ago, and I think that they just revealed that like our main character wasn't actually the main character. Who's to say? It didn't really seem interested in who in who this new main character, or maybe he was the main character the whole time was. Uh, it just it's like again, even the idea of like the cards are stronger and some are weaker. They don't do anything with that. Like they bring it up like it's going to be a thing. Nothing is done with it. They don't care about that. There's like some stupid overarching thing about like the king's plan. I don't know. It's a terrible series. Um, and if it were well animated, though, I could at least stomach it. But I'm just watching it now because I enjoy pain. I mean, quite clearly. Um, so that's I'm just thinking card. about. I'm just thinking about how James Bond would make such a good dumb anime because you've got like bad guys who like to cover naked women in gold and like yeah. guys who have <laughs> blades in their hats, which is just what Speedwagon did. Yeah. Oh my god! So, anyways, out of the four, I'm, I'm that are these terrible. That's the worst. Um, but then we have the ice guy and his cool female colleague. I feel so dumb for watching this too because it, at least in the beginning, had that kind of you know, like oh, it gets really slow paced and like these characters have no personality. But like, at least they're kind of like cute together. Uh, but goodness, like these are supposed to be adults, and they literally talk like they're like middle schoolers. It's like, oh my gosh, like does he like me? 
Tell my so tell I my see colleague. this on my on my Crunchyroll queue. Is this like a workplace romance? Yeah, so it's okay. like okay, they just graduated. They're all on like their first office worker job. Um, and our ice guy, it turns out that he, uh, his parent, his lineage comes from a ice uh, spirit, uh, some kind of ice, you know, uh, not Oni, an ice, uh, what's the Japanese spirit? I don't know. Like like the Yuki Onas? What a, yeah, it's like something like that. Like he comes from a lineage of of uh yeah of just like some ice spirit and it turns out that like, oh so this of- isn't a metaphor he's literally just an ice guy <laughs> yeah no yeah. he's literally ice guy and then as you go on it turns out that half of the people in this series are like some kind of weird you know uh are there some kind of weird japanese spirit like one girl out of nowhere is just like oh yeah i come from a fox spirit and then like she all of a sudden gets like a fox tail and fox ears which kind of appear randomly hot <laughs> yeah but then there's a guy who's like i i descend i'm descended from a phoenix and just like he's really happy-go-lucky and he just like when he gets excited fireworks appear around him also hot yeah uh and then there's like a girl who's like from some kind of other spirit and that means that she likes parties yeah that makes sense <laughs> i mean like it's just like really stupid but it's it's so funny because each and every episode where something happens which is around one of their lineages, they just go, oh, of course, because I'm descended from a spirit. And everyone goes, "Mm -hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But it's also not like it's boring to them. Like, it's very much like, oh, I never knew anybody was this could be descended from a phoenix. They're like, oh, yeah, you know, me and my family just descended from a phoenix. Uh, It's really weird. But I just hate it now because in the beginning it was cute, but now we're on, it, it moves so slow. It's the kind of series where people will like the beginning of the episode will be about going to a festival and then they'll meet up maybe five minutes in to the episode and they'll go, where should we go? And they're like, oh, well, we should go along to our determined route and go to the festival. And then other characters will go, yeah, I think it is time to go to the festival. And it's just like, kill me. (laughs) I would rather watch anything else. Oh, except I'm watching this again. I'm broken inside people, please. I know. Um, so that's the ice guy. Oh, and by the way, it is also really poorly animated. Like, it may, it, there's barely any animation at all. It's a lot of like standing in the most boring looking offices, um, just like not moving. So, if you like animation, go watch something else. Uh, and then here's so here are the two that I, I'm really these are the ones that I'm disappointed on because those other two were like okay, I'll watch them. I don't hate them. Is what I have started on episode one, right? Whereas these two. I've gotten worse every single episode. Like they started off really good. I was actually really high on them when we began this season. And they are, um, the first is giant beasts of ours. So this is a, it feels like a RPG, right? Like it's this world where at some point in the past, some, you know, transgression happened in the races or something. And now these giant enemy, like, summon creatures appear sometimes they're animals uh sometimes they're humanoids but they just attack people in every culture and so every culture is kind of separated into little islands like there will be like a a forest and that's where the like i don't know the horn people live and then there'll be a like an island and that's where all the like islanders live but they all have they're kind of sort of different race themed and our main character is this girl who's some kind of 
like magical girl, except that magical girls in this universe, if they don't have someone to channel their power, then they just turn into like bombs. Oh, that's good. Yeah. So you need a magical boy to summon you and like you end up like your spirit becomes like a cleft in his soul. And that like allows you access to crazy high powers and you know, whatever. Um, Here's the thing though. It began off on a, a, the first episode I think is really good. Um, Even though it has all the failings of what the series will eventually be um, like all the problems, but it begins and it's really nicely animated. In fact, uh, it looked a bit, I thought the first episode was reminiscent of something like at least the animation of tales from earth. it felt like a kind of like a cool fantasy universe, but very much like in a video gamey way. Where it's like, oh, I'm a cleric. Oh, I'm a paladin. Cool. And people are, you know, there's like different races. It feels like, a, I don't know, maybe like Final Fantasy fourteen Because there's like a race of little, like, chibi, cute people who all have a different animal on their head. And they all speak with that animal's puns. So our, there's like this little chibi, cute, gnome-looking guy or girl who has a cat on their head and every single time they're like that's perfect but you know with like the all the subtitles will make sure you understand that you are reading cat puns the whole time but then like they'll end up every village they go every village they go to has a different representative and this one will have a dog on their head and they'll speak with dog puns and they'll be like that's woofterful or something. Oh my I don't God. know, man. Um, Gotta say, this is not selling me on the idea that this is a bad anime. <laughs> yeah, so that, that's the thing, because it's that's the first episode. And the first episode is actually pretty well animated, and it shows you a lot of different perspectives, and it seems like we're going to see this kind of, oh, like because they're talking about wars, and this is the Empire, now we're going to this general, and now we're going to kind of like the boots-on-the-ground soldiers who are kind of, not necessarily okay with the emperor uh, empire, but they like have jobs to do and they're going to be foot soldiers. And then we go to this es- magical girl escapee. And now we go to this paladin guy who doesn't really care. And he's kind of a Han Solo type or, you know, but we see a lot of different perspectives and it seems like it's going to be really interesting. But the problem is, is that ultimately they don't have time for any of it. And it's everything that they do do is really generic and it turns out that they probably saved all their budget for that first episode because that is the only good episode. That is, uh, sorry, that is the only good animated episode. Ah, so they pulled an old school Gonzo. Yep. Uh, every episode after that, like every like, regular conversations of them talking and not moving will be off model. Nice. I ca- I couldn't believe it how poorly. And, and here's what's sad too is this is one of the few original series. This is not from anything this is a unique series and like and every time i uh, the more i'm watching it, i'm like is this supposed to be some video game adaptation because it just feel like like each episode or like every few episodes they go to a new village and they're meeting a, a people and there's some kind of like i mean we're at the we're towards the end now there's some like stupid story of like oh the god actually we, god's coming down actually and you're a harbinger of god but it, imagine the lord of the rings all right, this is the stupidest part. I'm just going to say it. This is like a maybe a plot spoiler. I don't care. In the first episode, the girl is talks to one of those like chibi cute guys, whatever, with the cat on their head. And they're like, oh, I have a ring here. According to folklore, this is a ring that might change the destiny of the entire planet, but it'll also kill you. But, you know, it never fits on anybody, but I'm selling it. 
do you want to try it on? And the girl goes, okay, here's like a coin, you know, I'll pay for it. Can I try it on? And then it fits. And he goes, the ring fit. And then all the other characters that we go around to, all these perspective characters keep on going, she has the ring and the ring's doing something, but the ring is not important. (laughs) Flabbergasting. I don't like imagine if in the first imagine if in Fellowship of the Ring, if, you know, like, I don't know, Bilbo was selling it or imagine if like Gandalf was selling it to Aragorn or something. And he's like, I'll buy the ring. I am heading off to Mordor. And then people were like, man, there's this ring thing going on. And it was just like, I, I don't understand. Like, they keep on trying to make the ring a thing. The ring is not happening. <sighs> Stop trying to make ring a thing. Yeah, stop trying to make ring happen. <laughs> it, it's just uh, sad because again, I I do think that like this could be an interesting like I, I if this were a video game and it had like sixty hours to play out and for you to like go to a village and kind of like do some side quests and things, it would be fun. But as a thirteen episode animated series, it's a disaster. They keep on introducing characters who look really cool, and then they don't do anything cool, and then they just leave and no fights happen. <laughs> Even though a character's like, at one point, uh, they find out again that the magical girls are like, oh, like these are special, super powerful, and they're basically like a bombs. Whoops! And so the the village that they were hiding in is like, we're going to have to kill the girl. And then a guy comes in and he's like, oh, these are actually secret empire weapons, and I'm going to have to kill the entire village single handedly, despite not being like the paladin magical boy thing. And then the character's like, whoa, but this character isn't here. And they all just back down. They're like, okay. And then the cool guy disappears and no fight happens. But the guy he's been appearing and he's been like, they've done a lot of work and setting him up as like, he's a badass, but he's been in like two fights and he sucks. Yeah. I'm sorry, everybody. I'll be quick about the last one. But the last one is maybe the other disappointing one for me because uh, it's kind of the Great Snow Sea, which I was looking forward to uh, for, you know, prior to the season. It's That's the newest series from the Blam Guy. Okay. Uh, it is the CG, uh, the 3D CG series. Uh, I guess the best way to describe it, it's like somewhere between Waterworld and Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind. Oh, this is kind of? Yeah. Uh, okay. Like... He lives on, like, there's like a, uh, so the whole world is covered in a snow sea, which isn't water, so they can't drink it. That's important, because it turns out this world is running out of water. Some horrible calamity happened in the past, and everyone, and there's like these trees that are supporting a dome surrounding the whole planet, and our main character lives on top of the dome. Like, all the other villages that were up there are gone. It's like him and a bunch of old folks. Um, and then this girl who's a princess from down below who's facing off there's like some kind of uh, war going on between her like tree culture where they have waters at the roots and some country that's just like in a giant floating island war society that just attacks other countries that take their water have they said what happens if you melt this snow and try to drink it it's not snow like there's multiple there's like it's a thing where they end up like he has like some kind of breathing apparatus up high. Mm. And there's a certain scenes where they discover like, Oh, we can just go beneath it. Like everyone else is dead. Uh, if they go beneath this, but we can just walk underneath it. Cool. Um, you know, with like our kind of weird scuba suit things. Um, but what's sad about it is one, as you might imagine, it is 
some of the the CG animation, oh boy, uh, mm-hmm. chonky, very. This is not as smooth. This does not look as good. It's not as well animated as Trigun Stampede. Um, this is very much like the janky CG where you just have to like get past that. And I could if the series had anything to it, um, but it moves so slowly. Each <laughs> it's it's funny because again, this is th- this is the weird thing. Like, there's 13 episodes, and you would think that would mean it would move fast. Sorry, I think that's actually only 12. I think it's one episode shorter than the other series this season. Um, but goodness, like. So, you know, we, we meet, like, asshole generals from the other side. They don't care about anybody. They just want the water, but they don't even care about their own people. They just really... He just uses those excuse to kill. Our princess is, like, oh, she was there to... There's also a lot of castle in the sky. It's very much, like, uh, in she, you know, when Sheena goes up and has her thing and comes down, and it's, like, this whole... Event. It, it seems like it's going to be a fun adventure, but it just... The characters... Uh, it, man, I really wish that these series could just get their pacing problems fixed. Cause that would, if this were series were like half the length and it had propulsion and you felt like you were moving, then I think it could have been something, but also it just, it feels like it's aiming for a second season because I'm only one episode away from the end. And there seems like there's a, a lot more story here. I, I feel like this, if they had, but I, but again, we haven't heard anything about there being another season before now. It's not like it went in, like, we're going to get multiple. Like, it's only set for the 12 episodes or whatever. Okay. Pacing problems. But anyways, mm-hmm. uh, that's been my journey through this season. Uh, I'll report back uh, next week or next episode with the series that ended well, which are the ones I didn't cover. But uh, so sad. <laughs> Right. I don't know why I watch these because they, they've been bad for weeks. I want to be clear here. It's not like they just got bad. It's more like I was in like episode six. I'm like, maybe I should drop these because they all suck. Uh, and now I'm double that. And I'm like, oh, I, I should have dropped them. And I'm just continuing because there's I, I because I'm doing this podcast, frankly. <laughs> so thanks for the pain. You two. You're welcome. All what right, about you, yeah, cool. uh, JP? What are you up to this week? I, so I finished Ranking of Kings. I think it's been, oh God, when did that start? Over a year ago, for sure. Yeah, it's been seven years, actually. Seven years, oh no. (laughs) Did you finish the manga or the anime? The anime. The manga, actually, they said that they are working on redoing it. Because really? it got released in English. Oh, right. The horrible. Uh, it was real oh, bad. Yeah. okay. The translation with the auto AI or whatever. Yeah, they're this. We'll talk about this on the newsroom, but they they're threatening legal action against the company they hired to do the translation. Ooh, because they, you know, claim that they plagiarized a bad translation. Anyway, so I had, I think, five or six episodes left. Uh, I guess closing thoughts. I I really enjoyed it all the way through. Uh, I thought that I don't know the ending felt a little anticlimactic to me, and maybe it keeps going in the manga, and so they just had to find an ending point. I mean, I'm pretty sure it does. Yeah, because it it just felt like things wrapped up too cleanly, uh, very quickly too. Because you know the bulk of the series 
is like this castle being under attack and then the problem just kind of goes away and there there was a really cool uh fight sequence in maybe it was the second to last episode it looked like they put the budget of the entire series into this like five minute sequence it was really cool Mm. Uh, but yeah i uh i'm really happy with it i just thought that the ending felt a little rushed and i i thought that the character motivation for the war was kind of weak i'm being vague because i don't want to spoil the series for anybody Mm. it definitely is like very strange towards the end like i I think I brought this up uh, in an earlier episode. It it definitely is like a lot of uh, grief could be avoided if people were just like upfront about their feelings with one another. Right. Yeah. Uh, I, I still uh, would highly recommend it. Uh, I know that there is the, what is it, like episode 19 that put a bunch of people off. Yeah. I would say overall, though, that the series is worth watching, um, not justifying you know what they did i obviously i lack the historical context to understand it fully but i know that there was a lot of people that were upset about it so what it was like there were allusions to like a a genocide yeah but they like painted the people that were genocided as the bad guys i think very much so yeah uh but uh, yeah ranking of kings loved it um very good dub too um I also, I finished Fire Punch. I guess this is going to be another vague one because I I don't want to spoil the ending of Fire Punch. Uh, The series reads very quickly. Okay. Did you enjoy it more than Chainsaw Man? I would say yes, but it kind of feels like it lost focus after a while. Uh, Fire Punch... So I think the the where we left off, I was maybe four volumes in, and I was talking about how there was a director character making a movie about Fire Punch, and I thought that storyline was really interesting, and then that storyline goes away, and that's when I kind of, I felt like it lost focus. They start to... Uh, you know, talk because the, the whole thing in Fire Punch is the world is frozen because of this character, the Ice Witch or Ice Queen. Uh, and so they're trying to figure out how to warm the earth back up so people don't die. You know, because it's like food is getting difficult to source. They're like eating people and using people as firewood. It's a very, very dark manga. And at a certain point, for just like fucking insanity reasons, that I didn't fully understand that problem gets solved temporarily and then it goes back to being cold and then they solve it again. And then they do a bunch of like flash forwards. I don't know if the manga was getting canceled or if this was always the plan. I'm sure it was getting canceled because all of a sudden they, they're like, all right, 10 years later, all right, 80 years later, all right, 2000 years later. And uh, some people were very touched by the ending. Uh, I think it's really weird. Maybe I read it too quickly because I read these last couple volumes, maybe 30 minutes a piece. There's almost no dialogue in these last few volumes. Uh, So you're just watching, you know, essentially a silent movie. I don't know. Right. Like a storyboard. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I still enjoyed it. Weirdly, the last volume was printed very cheaply. 
and I, 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 you know, it must be a reprint, uh, a fairly recent reprint, because it feels cheaper than the other copies that I have. Um, I would still recommend people check it out, but I don't know if I can recommend like buying all the paperbacks if you can find it digitally. Like I think it's I think it's on the apps for quite a bit cheaper. I would say check it out if you like Chainsaw Man. If you didn't like Chainsaw Man, you probably wouldn't like Fire Punch. It's just a meaner version of Chainsaw Man. There's a lot of similar themes too. Uh, because fire punch at one point is raised to God status. And I remember that happening at some point in chainsaw man. And I know chainsaw man also, you know, experiments with certain characters being able to regenerate and, you know, how that affects how they go about their daily life and how they approach fighting in that way. And that they're more reckless or maybe they're more detached from people. So Mm -hmm. it's, it's exploring some of the ideas that made it into Chainsaw Man that were more polished when they got to Chainsaw Man. Oh, okay. But uh, I liked it. I just, I wouldn't spend as much money on it as I did. Oh, okay. Oh, no. uh, Harem in the Labyrinth of Another World. I've been kind of half watching that. It's a terrible show. <laughs> but uh, what's really interesting about this show is when so much anime kind of like beats around the bush with its horniness. It's kind of refreshing to see a show just fucking go for it. Uh, So harem in the labyrinth of another world is about a guy that, you know, he buys this slave lady and it's like by episode three, they're fucking all night long. And I just, I feel like in any other show, in fact, I watched uh, How to Not Summon a Demon Lord. That whole show is just like the love Hina, like, oh my God, I accidentally saw your boobs. Oh no, blah, blah, blah. And it's a similar premise. It's, you know, a, a, an overpowered character with hot slave girls that help him fight, except that one is just a tease for 12 episodes and Harem in the Labyrinth is instant payoff which is very interesting. It doesn't make it a good show. I just, I found it refreshing that, you know, for once a character's like, oh my God, I love those boobs. And then he just touches <laughs> them. You know, oh my God, where, I love right. Skip like a season's worth of will they or won't they? Yeah. Just get right to the point. Yeah. And like, why don't they call that the name of the show? Oh my God, I love your boobs. Oh my God. I love your boobs. Yeah. yeah. Sequel to, oh my God. It's, it's <laughs> Bob's Burgers. I'm a geek for boobs. <laughs> uh, I just watched that episode. Uh, is that everything? What else do I have on here? Oh, I guess that was. Uh, I did uh, also read. I don't know if I talked about it already. I read the first volume of Under Ninja. And I can't that? remember if I said anything about it. That is from the creator of Rosante Mont. And oh. I am a hero. Really? Wow. Uh, the first volume is out from Denpa. I believe the second volume will be coming out soon. Interesting. There is an anime Check coming up. Really? Yes. It is about a unemployed ninja who gets a super serious mission. We're only one volume in, so we don't know what the mission is. And they can't tell him. He has to like figure it out mm. through his ninja 
what cunning <laughs> i don't know they just like this this guy visits him and he's like we have a mission for you here's this hoodie figure it out <laughs> and through that he's like well this hoodie looks like it's a school uniform so he figures out what school it's from and he deduces that he has to become a student at this school that's just so funny that that's like Let's put it this way. If you were an aspiring mangaka, that's such a great, like, okay, I can figure this stuff out later. Yeah. Dude, there's something you need to do. You need to figure out what it is. It's like, he just goes, oh, that's volume one or, you know, issue one taken care of. Yeah, Whew. pretty much. Uh, there is a super weeby Russian guy that wants to be a ninja. So in, in Under Ninja, the premise is that ninja never went away. They're just living in the shadows so there's you know the joke is that you could throw a rock and you'd hit five ninjas (laughs) but they can't openly admit that they're ninjas um so there's this guy that comes from russia who wants to join the ninjas but he doesn't know how because it's a secretive organization and he somehow decides that if he cuts off I think it's three or five people's dicks. <laughs> then he'll get to become a ninja. Nice. So how does he come to that conclusion? Because he finds a sign and sends it to a friend that can read kanji, but I assume oh. he can't read it well. Oh, cause the sign, I think it said like, don't piss here or I'll cut off your dick. <laughs> and his friends, like, I think it says if you cut off, uh, five dicks you'll get to be a ninja turns and, out that was piss not pass yeah so he starts cutting off wieners nice um, and uh that is kind of what volume one is about it's really good uh also quite dark which if you had not gathered from cut off the wieners then there's your warning mm. I mean, yeah, I've only seen one other manga where they cut off a dude's dick, and yeah, that one was also, like, pretty dark. What manga did you read? Uh, it it was called, like, Scum's Song. It was about these two dudes who, uh, basically, they're, like, uh, Avengers for hire. So, let's say, I don't know, like, your your daughter got sexually assaulted you could come to these guys and pay them like fifty thousand yen and they'll find that guy and kick the shit out of him interesting yeah oh shoot so this is this is going back to attack on titan one thing i forgot to mention is that it's like insanely funny yeah yeah like in a very cool way because like most shows when they have comedic points they will they will like switch to like a a different like song track to let you know oh this is where the funny stuff happens but attack on titan doesn't do that okay. so yeah it will it will be like this really sudden tone shift and it's it's really nice to see like a you know how in anime people will have like their little internal monologue scenes and shit like that? Yeah. There are two times that this happens in Attack on Titan where like someone is doing that and then the camera will like pull out to somebody else and they'll be like, who are you talking to right now? Oh, I love that. Yeah. 
Uh, you know, Kyle, I think you'll be proud of me. I got to the end of volume two of I Belong to the Baddest Girl in My School. Oh, yeah? And I started to like it, and I almost bought volume three, and I started walking to the cashier, and then I turned around and put it back. <laughs> oh, yeah, you finally just realized enough is enough? Well, volume volume two ends with it actually starting to get decent. Because the problem with that series was it was two volumes of this like miscommunication about whether they were dating. And then at the end of volume two, they finally came to their senses. I'm like, okay, now I want to know what happens next. But four volumes more? I don't think so. That's a lot of money. <laughs> it's $13 a volume. At least something stopped you. Uh, what? Oh, this, this is mildly anime related, but not fully. Last night I was just clicking around on Spotify and this band popped up called Panchinko or Panchico. And so this, apparently this is some fucking lost media nonsense. Uh, this demo album of this band from the nineties that like maybe 20 copies were printed ever. Somebody found it at a like a pawn shop or something and bought it because it had a weird cover. It's like a close-up of a of a manga, like a like a young girl from a manga, and it just says death metal on it. <laughs> but it is not a death metal album. It's like a weird shoegaze album. And it was just this band that put out their demo, you know, in the 90s. Could for, like, you share like what shoegaze is for the audience who may not have know what that genre is. It's like emo. If you turn the reverb up all the way, there we go. (laughs) (laughs) And the delay, uh, and use the whammy bar a lot. Uh, look up dinosaur junior, maybe. Uh, so they, uh, they put this album out for like, you know, 20 of their friends and somehow it ended up at this, this shop. And someone posted it on 4chan because they're like, this is really fucking weird. I want to find out who this band was. But what was also crazy is the CDR had disc rot. And so there's this noise over the entire album that slowly pans from ear to ear. Uh, And somehow, somehow they found the band. The band was able to track down a undamaged copy of the demo and now the disc rot version and the real version is on Spotify and they're going on tour now. That's awesome. And so this band is called Dinosaur Jr.? No, Dinosaur Jr. is a popular shoegaze band. Oh, okay. This band is called Pachinko. No, Pan Chico, I think. Pan-chico. It's a misspelling of Pachinko. Uh, and the album's called Death Metal and it just has like an anime girl's face on the cover okay yeah i see it uh yeah and this this showed up because i was listening to elliot smith last night and this just popped up as like hey you like this you might like this uh and the demos definitely had some elliot smith vibes it's like a british band that was you know just like some 16 year old kids in the 90s that somehow someone found their album but now they're putting out new music and going on tour and i i think that's a really interesting anime related story uh because they have a lot of anime references in their uh lyrics apparently like they have a song called laputa 
Um, yep, weeb's gonna weeb. Oh, you know what I also found out? Uh, so uh, me and my partner went to Kinokuniya yesterday because I wanted to buy uh, the latest volume of Call Girl from Another World, which did not actually come out this week. The website that had the listing was wrong. It comes out in April, not uh, this month. Uh, but we are just looking around and we happen across the Japanese section where they have Doraemon. And she goes, oh, it's Ding Dong. And I'm like, I don't, what, what do you, what? No, that's Doraemon. She's like, no, that's Ding Dong. Like I used to watch that growing up and it turns out that the Chinese version of Doraemon was called Ding Dong. I had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I guess something new every day. After the author passed away, they made an attempt to globalize the name, or like unify the name globally. Hmm. And so now it's Doraemon everywhere. But when she was growing up, she saw the Cantonese version of Doraemon, and uh, really interesting. Yeah. Uh, what else? One more thing. They have half off Grappler Baki figures at Kinokuniya. Way to go! Get your get your Olivier biscuit. They his hands well in his trunks. They have Dopo Orochi and Koro Hanayama. Oh, okay. But they are like twenty dollars a piece, and it's great. So now I have those on my shelf. Anyway, twenty dollars for Hanayama. It's is it, normally is it 60. Hanayama naked. Yes. There we go. It's normally like well fifty-five bucks. So, uh, yeah, that's that sounds like a podcast. So. Where is my soundboard? Here we go. That is the Gonzo.moe No Name Show. Uh, yeah, sorry I didn't have more to... Just wrapping up reviews. I don't know, it feels like a cop-out, but that's what I did this week. I finished things. Yeah, I'll have and I'll have nice things to talk about next week, everybody. Well, and like, I got criticized recently for never finishing, so... There you go. Uh, there we look go. at you. I mean, I'm more, normally it's just emo two pump chomp. Never finishes, JP. You heard here first, folks. <laughs> it only took me a year and a half to finish Ranking of Kings. Yeah. Uh, if you want more of these podcasts, you can go to gonzo.moe. We're on Spotify. We're on Stitcher. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Google. We're on drugs, kids. Don't do drugs. Uh, don't do drugs. I don't know. What a. What do we do? The season's getting to be the end soon. Uh, we're going to have more Eden Zero and more Kuma Bear. I'll be talking right. about those for sure. Oof. But, yeah, I don't know. I guess the Ursa Yatsura dub is coming out, so maybe I'll watch that. But, uh, oh, you know what? Suzume is going to have its uh, American premiere at some point. Yes. Maybe we could all see that. Probably right. not by next week. <laughs> Anyway, uh, see you later, everybody. See you, see you later. On the news broom next week. Bye. Be nice to Magakar. I'm going to cut off your dick. Yeah, and you'll be a ninja. <laughs>